Welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Insiders here on Reality Pop. I'm your host, Chris Swanepoel, and with me today, we've got Chantel and Drew, as always. I want to go over to Chantel first. Chantel, how have you been since the last time we spoke? I've been pretty great. Um, you know, getting kind of excited about All-Stars, but then I'm also mm. not getting excited about it because I'm like, why are they introducing season three already? You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, like, I, I want to miss it a little bit. I want to be anticipating who's going to be on the show um, so season two hasn't even come out yet. And like, I'm already looking at like, oh, who's on the cast for season three. So yes, I love the content. I've been doing a little bit of a rewatch of Road Rules uh, Semester at Sea. So I was like, oh my God, I was like literally in high school when I watched this the first time. Um, so that's been kind of cool just because I know um, three of those players will be on season three. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, nothing much has been going on. Just, it's just getting nice and rainy and cold here in Tirana. Sam here is asking, are we doing a fantasy draft for <laughs> oh, All-Stars? And yes, are we? we? We definitely are. And I was just going to say, with you <laughs> focusing or seeing so much content of Season 3, which I haven't even focused on yet, my focus is solidly on Season 2 because I need to up my game for this next season because I don't have many people left in the draft for this season. And the people that I do have, I just realized I'm not even shouting for them. So I probably am in a, in a lose-lose in any case. So I really need to change things up here for um, the upcoming season. So what we will be doing is um, we will pre-record our fantasy draft probably um, next weekend prior to doing our live for the challenge. And then we will drop that somewhere leading into the week for the premiere of All-Stars 2. That is the plan at this stage. And a man who's going to be responsible for, um, he's going to be the brains behind the operation here for the fantasy draft because we are going to mix it up. Um, and he's working on an algorithm, a formula there for how we're going to be scoring points um, on this next fantasy draft is Drew. Drew, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing pretty good. Uh, funny that... Uh... Everybody's talking about All-Star Season 3 because I have a video coming out on the rumored cast and updates and stuff. So uh, I'm kind of like also looking towards the future while also the future isn't even towards us yet with All-Star <laughs> yeah. Season 2. So uh, but I'm excited uh, to be here chatting with you all about this new episode. And uh, even if I wasn't excited about this episode, I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, let's I mean- let's. Let's talk yeah. about it. So it's it's the you know the five hundredth episode of the challenge. Um, how how do we feel about I guess how we celebrated this episode? There was a bit of a throwback here in the daily challenge to you know um, being a little bit more rough and tough. I had some strong opinions. I wasn't very high on this for a few reasons. It could have been good. But I really, really was annoyed by the fact that we had uneven numbers. I thought it made it so unfair. Um, mm-hmm. And for me personally, uh, I, like, I would much rather see what they do in Survivor when it comes to team challenges and they sit people out. And I know it's against the challenge. You want everybody to compete or think of a smarter way and rotate two people at a time, have additional rounds so everybody gets a go. But I really thought this was just such a uh, lopsided challenge that played into Emerald's favor so much with having three strong guys there going up against the two and CT and Kyle. Um, so I felt like the challenge for me uh, was a love-hate because I, I like the concept of it and, and I'd like to see more challenges like that, but I really just didn't like how it played out on our screens. I was so excited when they're like, throwback! And I was like, oh, my 500th episode, 500th 
Like, like that's so many and I've seen them all. So I was like really excited about like, okay, what's this throwback challenge going to be? First off, I was disappointed with the 20, like 10 second clip of past seasons. I wanted them to do like a really big fanfare and like see all these epic moments and like get us really hyped and excited. I feel like their season long trailer is like more exciting and riveting than this 500th episode trailer. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed with that, but then they're like, okay, we're going to have this throwback challenge. So I'm like, oh my God, they're going to be hearing money. So are they actually playing for money? I'm like, yes. So they actually get to keep the money that they're getting across. It's amazing. Like BMX bikes. Like what are they going to do? That's kind of like the past. And it really wasn't anything like the past other than the fact that they had to run and maybe tackle somebody to get something from one side to the other. But I was underwhelmed and disappointed, especially with them calling it a throwback challenge. Yeah, I, I completely agree with everything that was said. Uh, I had major critiques uh, that I did in Tiny Table Talk this this week, mainly because of the uh, uneven teams. They even split them up for men were doing half, then the women were doing the other half. It was easy to be able to make things fair, right? Yeah, I me mean, too. for the defense, you just take out uh, one of the uh, Ruby guys, probably going to be Logan because he's injured. So that way the Sapphire has a little bit more even keel on the guy's side. And then on the women's side, Ruby only had two women. So you take out one of the Emerald defensive women, which would have probably been Nani and you just let them play and you make things even. I also felt like because the way the game was split up, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me because the guys went first. They had to transfer some form of money to the middle, but even if they didn't get all the money to the middle, there was still extra money bags, so that way all the women mm. could then have enough to transfer, and there wasn't just like, oh, because Sapphire only had Kyle that transferred money over. So it was like, okay, so do they only have one bag? No, everybody gets money bags, so everybody is cool. And it, it just didn't make full sense to me. I was like, so is is it just the women that count in this daily? Like, what does what, 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 what are the men doing? Like, I just mm. don't understand fully what the game is. If everybody gets money bags, what is the transfer? I, I, I didn't fully understand everything that was going on. And I thought it felt flat. Oh, yeah. And also, though, what, what frustrated me about it, and this was kind of like last week's daily challenge, is that the women were just like, it's a guy's week. I don't care. And it kind of felt like that a little bit for this daily. that the guys mm -hmm. were like, I don't really need to go and like beat myself up to like to protect my women. <laughs> you know, on this like nobody seemed to really care. So I think the stakes are low. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't set up to be a fair fight. Um, I didn't mm -hmm. care who won. I just assumed Emerald was going to win, and mm. I was just like, okay, can we just get on with this? Let's see more game. <laughs> yeah, there, there was nothing surprising here in the challenge. The way that it, it sort of shook up, I guess, in the challenge. But another thing that was really confusing, and Drew, you bring up some great points. You know, if a challenge is that, or daily challenge is that confusing, that us as the audience, people who watch the show probably more so than the casual fans and dissect every little bit of this game. Like how confusing was this for the casual fans watching it and understanding it? And, you know, obviously being a non-American, I, I don't know all American football rules, but I know that there was that scene that to me looked really impressive where Kyle ran and there was the Hail Mary throw from Logan and he catches it in zone. And I thought, you know, and, and I'd like to be explained, like if that was American football, would it have counted? Um, and if so, why is 
you know, why did we not get that point? Because I didn't feel like TJ clearly explained before the challenge, unless there was something that we didn't see, that that wouldn't count. So for me, I thought that was a very impressive point that was scored there, but it ended up not actually going Ruby's way. Yeah, because in the ADR, in the beginning of the challenge, before it was said, TJ just said, whatever bags get into the end zone or transferred to the end zone uh, is will count. And then we see that move, but instantly Devin calls it out. And then TJ even mm. says, no, somehow you have to walk it across. So there was a lost in translation or communication with the at least the ADR because the production was able to let everybody know exactly the rules because Devin was calling it out right away once he saw that happen. So there was something lost in translation for us as the fans, uh, but not for the challengers. So I guess that's the, what really counts, but I would have liked to known that you can't just throw Mm. the bags over the line. I didn't even know they could throw the bags. Like I didn't think that was a possibility when Logan was pump faking it all the way downfield. So I would like to have known that as well. Yeah, it was impressive, though, because I wonder how heavy those bags were, you know, for Logan to be able to throw at the distance that he did to (laughs) Corey there to catch it. And would that have counted if this was American football? Would that have been a touchdown? Uh, Yes, as long as his like it depends. So college football, you just need one foot before going out of bounds. And for American uh, NFL, you have to have two feet. So, I mean, Corey looked to be good. I mean, if that was the end zone, I mean, he wasn't going out of bounds anywhere close. So he would have definitely been good if it was football but yeah. this isn't football apparently no but the reason <laughs> i ask is because obviously you know Corey was talking yeah. about going back to his saturday night light you know days yeah. and obviously if you've been an athlete and you've done that type of stuff before in the end then sort of your your automatic yeah. um muscle memory takes over and what you're doing and that's probably why he got caught out in the specific scenario but there were a couple of performers here that did impress me um you know where yeah. i didn't think they would do as well like you know josh um sort of running past and handing <laughs> off kyle to make kyle look like a bit of a fool this episode and then kyle <laughs> redeeming himself and getting past Corey all the way to the end zone so um two people that did really well we did expect to see someone like casey mm-hmm. do well here because obviously this is her bread and butter um and then emmy again just showing what a fighter she is and playing a bit dirty here how did you guys feel about the kick to the neck because i feel like if this was survivor and if it was jeff he would have potentially like i I recall a couple of seasons ago probably quite a long time ago now um i believe there was a few times where players were stopped or uh, removed from challenges and survivor um one of it was back in samoa when i think it was ben was the guy's name i can't remember the exact name he kicked the opposing player on his shin um and jeff just removed them from the challenge so um obviously all is fear and love and war when it comes to the challenge and you can kick someone in the neck um looked a little bit rough to me i wasn't that mad at it if if uh, tina was on the ground and emmy like put her foot on her neck that's fine but like in a defense mode where everybody's coming on top of her i'm not really that mad about it um but with all the the women fighting i was just felt so bad for big t like it it just it just showed how much she's not athletic and even though she did decently well like after everybody's out and she's just laying there on the ground like i'm just (laughs) like oh big t i don't know if this is the right the right show for you I'm, i'm feeling bad for you right now she had a good takedown from Ashley, though. Like, she was able to handle Ashley one-on-one. So, I mean, CT can say Big T is weak or be like, oh, Ashley is so strong. But in this competition, she took down Ashley by herself. Ashley was yelling for help the whole time. And then Big T just 
politely ushered her to the out of bounds and said, you can go yeah. out here. You can exit the game right here. So, I mean, props to Big T for taking that. care of business one-on-one. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Emmy. Uh, first of all, I'm not a huge fan of Emmy. Uh, but I'm oh. also not a huge fan of the the foot around the neck and face area. I feel like I she, she was definitely – you can't tell by intention, but I do think that she was looking up at the time and she was really trying to, like – she could have done the chest area. She could, she could have rolled over or something. Mm. I think that it was – it was intentional 30? what she was doing. With just, the, just you so know. you know, even even in 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 martial arts, like because obviously you know I don't like to bring it up too often, but I've I've done karate for 15, 16 years, and when <laughs> I you mean, compete, I mean, I got a black belt, triple black belt, just just just, just randomly, mean, just let I you guys know. Like I'm yeah, a world but... champion of the <laughs> But you know, in in martial arts, even when you do competitions and you fight in karate, um, there's certain areas that are no go zones. Zone. Like you're you're allowed even in full contact to hit the person on the face you're not allowed to hit the neck you're not allowed to go for mm-hmm. the throat because this is where you breathe you know so there are certain areas that you're not allowed to kick or hit even in those types of sports so i personally and and i know that all of us care for player safety when it comes to the challenge mm-hmm. i felt like um it should have been addressed it should have been a no-go um or they should have subtracted a point from emmy or something should have happened there personally and the problem that i have is that if you don't address it now then it just it lets people who watch the show know it's okay. So next season, it might just escalate and it might just get worse and worse as we continue with the show. I can support that. I've never done any martial arts other than like my, like like yellow or white belt or just like, <laughs> like I've never had to do anything <laughs> that, uh, you know, yeah. high up there to like know any rules. So that makes total sense. And I can understand if I were Tina feeling scared because if she did have her airway cut off, like it would, it would be, it could be a scary moment for her. So mm. if, if she got DQ'd on that, like I, I could respect that as well for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- and- I feel like there was a point where like in total madness, I just think back to this because this is like the more recent, like where total madness Fessy is like ripping off Nelson's mask. He's pulling on his hurt finger. He's stuffing his face in the dirt. And all TJ said was like, don't do that again. All right, time for round two. And it's like, okay, well, back in the day in Duel 2 when Brad and Landon were going and Landon was worried about Brad getting the first point. He's just started body slamming him to the ground and TJ had to step in and be like, no, that's not the rules. Brad gets the point by default kind of thing. And it's like, how have we shifted to where, okay, I think we would have been safer or we would be more like, whoa, 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 please stop. Like, don't do this. But now it's just like, and eh, whatever, like, let's just do this thing. Who cares about safety? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and for full transparency, I, I, and I will definitely get into this. I'm not saying all of these things in defense of Bettina, who I really feel like Bettina was out of her element um, on the show, but I just think that fair is fair across the board for any player, you know, and you've got to make it as as safe as possible for anyone out there. Um, I also wanted to say with um, Ashley, who you mentioned, she was one of the people who really disappointed me, um, actually, in this challenge. Um, For someone who knew that it's a woman's day, she didn't do well on the defense or the attack um, for me personally here. And it seemed like she was completely out of her element. Um, listen, you can't be strong in every single thing that you do. Maybe this is her weakness doing the physical stuff. But um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Drew. Big T, um, the reason that she struggled was because she had two girls on her. Yeah. Right. I mean, and one of them was Casey. So you, fair is fair. You know, like um, I, I, 
I felt like Big T and even Casey gave her props for the fact that she was holding on to those bags really tightly and it was actually difficult for him to get a hold of it. I don't think she was going to get up with those two girls being on top of her in any case no. there. But um, I really do blame her team um, for not, you know, uh, Emmy and, and, and not really supporting her in that position and coming back and helping in time, really. Well, on the aftermath, um, it was mentioned that uh, Sapphire and Emerald were working together. So I don't know if the stakes were that high for Amanda. I don't think that she's going to be called in by anybody. So if Emerald were to win, you know, it's going to be Emmy or Bettina and Bettina's going to call in somebody, most likely not going to be Ashley. So I just think the, the stakes weren't really that high for her. It didn't really matter that much for her. It mattered more for Amanda, absolutely, because mm. she was at risk of being called in potentially by Bettina. But I, I don't think um, Ashley was worried about it at all. So I think that that's yeah, why no. she didn't really have her heart in it. Now, let's talk about um, Nelson and Kyle. You know, uh, Nelson was really heated here early in the episode, and there was a theme throughout the episode of Nelson being really butthurt about the fact that, um, you know, Kyle snaked him again and didn't own up to it. But to me, it looked like Kyle was owning up to it right from the start, saying, yes, I did that, you know, I made the move. Um, and Ashley kind of said it best early in the game. It's, it's the name of the game. Spies, lies, and allies. Lies is a part of it, you know, and um, he played the game here. So I really felt like Nelson was overreacting here in this stage. And Drew, how, how do you feel about your man here losing his cool so early in the episode? <laughs> and throughout the episode, um, the way sort of he dealt with the fact that he lost his spot in the Sapphire team. I, this is another thing that baffles me and confuses me in this episode is like, Nelson talks about how Kyle and him are close or he thought they were friends. But I believe this this is an editing issue because I didn't know Nelson and Kyle were this close. I don't think we've seen them talk on camera at all. Like if they wanted to set this up and show this fight, they should have showed Kyle and Nelson like like connecting Throwing or bonding down. throughout the season. Like because Nelson, the way he acts, it feels like it's like Corey that backstabbed him and swapped him to a different team and did this to him you would think that nelson and kyle were friends from the very beginning from their rookie seasons that they did together it's like no that's not it at all like i don't i, I didn't know i didn't understand where this was coming from and to me as somebody who watches the show and likes the show and loves the show uh it it it, it makes me angry because i'm like i want to understand it i want to see everything i want to get the full view and the full arcs and i want to go on this roller coaster and this this journey but it just seems like they just throw something at a left field going like, hey, here's a fight. And I'm like, well, where did this fight come from? Why did this fight start? And then Nelson's like, I, it's not because I'm on the Ruby team where he took my spot. It's just, I thought we I thought we were cool. I thought we were friends. And it's like, what? You <laughs> like, just talked to what? each other. I don't understand. Yeah, they're not so, Corey and um, Nelson level of friends in any case. Like, you know, yeah. um, I, I mean, we've seen CT and Kyle, who seems to be pretty close, you know, go against each other in some seasons and things like that. There's different levels of friendship. There's challenge friendships, and then there's real life friendships. And Nelson made it sound like this was a real life friendship opposed to a challenge mm -hmm. friendship. Yeah, I really think, I don't know, I'm just making this up right now, so maybe you guys will come at me for it. But <laughs> that they are choosing not to show us everything that will force us to watch the aftermath and force us to watch the challenge official podcast so we can get all this insider tea and answer all this information because it doesn't make any sense that I have to gain information about what happened from something other than the hour and a half that I spend watching this show every week. 
And so hmm. I think it's ulterior motives. I think it's to push um, its viewership to get more info from their other other networks. Well, and then I would say that that is a problem on their casting side for like the aftermath because Nelson wasn't even on there to give his side of the story, which I would have loved to have heard his side because we got Kyle's side, but it was kind of like very vague, I think. Mm -hmm. So it was just like I put people who are instrumental to this episode on the aftermath so we can get a full range of what's going on. I don't need Josh on the aftermath to, to celebrate the Ever. 500th episode when he wasn't a part of anything of this episode, really. Like, help us <laughs> out. Put, bring on Amanda. Mm. Bring on Nelson. And let's get the full view of everything. Um, so I think that's a of overlook on their site as well. And also, it's it's interesting because you would imagine that way less people would watch the aftermath or would watch podcasts to find out more information. Like it's only the super fans, the people who really want to get into the nitty gritty, that's going to do that. So um, you potentially risk alienating your loyal viewer base that are watching the actual show and getting them annoyed. But for me, the biggest loser out of this really is Nelson because it makes him look like a sore loser. It makes him look like someone who just, he, he came across as like, you know, when you get that spoiled kid that didn't get his way and then he just wants to throw his toys out of the cot. That That's to me Nelson is what it kind of looked like. Yeah. And, and maybe that is what it was. Maybe the producers actually couldn't find any footage because they didn't even know what he was on about because like i said <laughs> it's probably something that happened where they've always been on good terms like he said um kyle has never snaked him uh you know he and kyle obviously stay, stays in contact outside of seasons um maybe a lot of that friendship and that's what makes this show so great and complicated at the same time is that these relationships get formed over many seasons it might not even be something um that happened this season it could be a previous season where they had conversations about never going after each other and you know kyle tried to make that deal with uh forgot ed the other week where he said i'll never even snake you in a future season so who's to say that wasn't a deal that kyle threw out there and you know, I've got to admit, I just like Kyle more and more when I see this side of him because somebody needs to be the the agent of chaos, the person yes, who's just willing villain. to do whatever on the show and be a villain. And he does it so well. He he owns it so well as well. So for me, like Kyle's coming back again and again and Absolutely. again because we just don't have anybody else that for me is filling that role on the challenge currently. And one thing that was brought up, I believe it was by Devin on The Aftermath, um, he was saying that Nelson was hoping that the Emerald team would throw in Kyle. And so he was actually pushing for that. Um, and so regardless of the friendship that he's claiming to have had with Kyle, um, he was also being a snake and trying to throw Kyle in there when, um, when uh, Emerald had that power. So I think that he's just got got before he could get Kyle and he wasn't really pleased about that. He thought he was playing the game and he got, got. I, it's a theme. I'll agree. <laughs> I'll agree with that. And I have two other points. Uh, there was the aftermath before this past week's uh, Kyle talked about how he thought after eliminating Ed, he thought he could just slip into Ed's spot. He didn't know he yeah. had to actually transfer over somebody. So first of all, he didn't even know the basic mechanics of the format, which is a red flag if you're on the challenge. Yeah. Let everybody know and understand the full thing of the rules. So I don't think he could have like given Nelson a heads up. Um, yeah. Also, he's on the Ruby team. If he wins, he's not going to go waltzing back to the Ruby team, and then he's going to swap players or swap uh, spots with somebody on the Sapphire team, and he's not going to do it to CT. So just, I don't know, assume that he's probably going to 
swap you over to the Ruby team. I, I don't know. I just felt like it was so overproduced. I thought it was for the show just to be like, hey, 500th episode, we got to fight for you. And yeah. it was like, okay, forehead to forehead, split them up, and then we'll squash this beef at the club, and then we'll be done. <laughs> I, I just thought it was just like well over, like, come on now. Seriously, we're doing this right now? Hmm. And it was a very straightforward episode in the way that it was laid out as well. Like, I think there was no surprises or secrets. I don't think anybody would have been shocked throughout it. But I want to touch on um, something you mentioned there about the actual contestants not even knowing um, the rules of the game in advance and it constantly being switched up on them. Because I listened to uh, an Instagram live with Natalie Anderson and Michelle uh, Fitzgerald uh, probably about a week or two ago where they were talking about Survivor, but they also went into the challenge because they both played in different seasons. And both of them are very reluctant to come back and play the game again um, because of that very reason where they said they feel like two reasons. They said they wouldn't want to play. Um, and, and this is something in hindsight now that makes me think that the team twist might remain um, until the end. They said, unless there's a million dollars or at least you know two people sharing a million dollars, they wouldn't want to play. So I was wondering, does that mean we do get a team winning this season? So it's going to be split up and more. And then the second thing they said, the, the biggest thing for them were, was, especially for Michelle, not so much Natalie, was the fact that she felt like they didn't understand the rules and the rules weren't clearly explained. When Survivor, when you go out and play the game, from the beginning, you get a set of rules that tells you these are the potential advantages. Sorry. These are the potential okay. formats, but it, yeah. but it has changed this season, and 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 season forty one has been a mess. Um, yeah, that, that I'm sure no one expected that, but we'll have to you know interview people afterwards to know was some of this stuff out there. But I feel like Survivor is going down that same road um, for the for the better or the worse, probably the worse in this case. But you know. It's interesting hearing these guys talk about it so openly as well, because there is a theme there of the players on the show not really knowing what to expect. And Chantal, when you don't know what to expect, that kind of limits you and Absolutely. creates this sort of silo mentality with people where they're like, I'd rather just not make big moves because I actually don't know what's going to happen two, two weeks from now. And it actually takes away from good creative gameplay, in my opinion. hundred percent. And that's why I'm, I'm always like, give the players the, the rules of the game so they can play to their best. Because if you don't know how to play to your best, you're going to play scared and you're going to hold everything back because you don't want to make the wrong move for something like anticipating something to go in a way that you are unexpected or you're not expecting. So I don't, I'm always the proponent of let them know how to play this game so that they can play well and optimize it and game and strategize and be like, well, this is, yes, you can throw in a big wrench, like chain, team twist now or whatever. Like that's something I, I don't mind them doing whatever mid season, but like all the other little mid things that they do sometimes. And I'm kind of thinking more so about survivor, which like this week may be like beyond mad. So, but it's like, Players can't play well if you're just going to have booby traps and and like throw this at them and throw this at them. They're just going to be trying to avoid getting hit as opposed to trying to navigate their way to the end. So I think that they do themselves a disservice by not giving them all the rules of the game so that they can play a fun, masterful one where people can really show how good they are at this game. I think that they would have a phenomenal game if people knew all the rules ahead of time. I also think it's difficult when you're a newbie coming into the game because mm -hmm. the challenge is so different it's not all newbies on the season it's mainly people that are coming back from i don't know like 
three seasons, four seasons. It's their 18th season. They're very well connected. So you're already having to jump over a giant hurdle of people having so many good connections and so many bonds and people are best friends outside of the house also within the house. So you're having to step over that hurdle, but also now you're having to deal with a very confusing game and it's very daunting with how big some of the challenges are. You're wrestling mm -hmm. on top of a giant truck. You're hoping not to get hurt while also not trying to get somebody else hurt, but you're tethered to a partner that has so many enemies in the game. It feels like a very daunting task. Um, I almost feel like with how good All-Stars is and everybody likes All-Stars, Maybe we need to start reverting back to that. Maybe we can get some of these all-stars onto the main season if it is like a month uh, filming. If we're not having all these time, all this time to do like big explosions, giant houses, and for like three months to film because we have to have like 20 episodes in a season. Let's do 12, let's do 24 people, and let's get a three, three to four week filming process. And then maybe we could have a bigger revolving cast to where mm -hmm. we could have more seasons filmed instead of one giant season for three to four months editing and all this other stuff. And maybe we could just have fun, fun challenges, kind of like the throwback or with all stars kind of thing. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it just feels so big and so complex that it just at points, I just know that in this season in particular, even people in my comment section are like, I had no idea what they were doing <laughs> in this daily challenge. It made it not fun to watch. I didn't know what to do. And uh, I just fast forward it or I just totally tuned out or something to that effect. Yeah. And it's like, that's not what you want to be hearing when you're watching an hour and a half TV show. <laughs> and especially if you're watching a TV show where the show is called The Challenge, where the challenge is supposed to be the main thing of the show. And like, I agree <laughs> yeah. with that. Like, I kind of, you know, skip forward it through, you know, watch that at 1.2 times speed or something when I went through the challenge. And then mm -hmm. um, some of the most interesting things that happened this episode were the strategy that were happening outside of that. So we had um, obviously Bettina who saw the writing on the wall. She knew that she was going to most likely go down there and she wanted to take things into her own hands. And she had a conversation with Tori. Um, she only had two people really. I felt like probably one person is really in a corner. This whole episode was Corey. And I do want to give props to Corey for um, not leaving her out there on her own in the wilderness and actually comforting her um, and being supportive in this time where everybody was kind of um, cold shouldering her um, at this point. And I, I do think it shows a lot of growth from Corey over the last couple of seasons and how he's grown as a person um, to be able to be that friend for someone else in this scenario. Um, but, you know, Bettina, she goes to Tori and she says to Tori, I'm happy to go down. Um, I want to have the option here to choose who's going to go down in the lair against me because this will give me the ability, if it is a, a puzzle, I would very easily go up against Emmy. Emmy is not going to beat me in that. But if it's something physical... I don't want to see Emmy down there. I want to be able to choose either Amanda or an Ashley, which I thought was brilliant um, strategic thinking here from Bettina. Really? She definitely has a mind. Well, it's 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 the right thing to do, but yeah. you know, there's some yeah, people. Okay. There's some people that are if if you like if you look at Emmy and if you look at Bettina in this situation, who was the smarter player really? Like yes, but you know, Emmy won the challenge, but she was a pawn to the other people out there and what they wanted to happen. I felt like Bettina had a better, like <laughs> it shows you there's two rookies. One is very aware of the situation and what is happening out there. And the other person is just being used as a Frankenstein yeah. monster at this stage, basically. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just the word brilliant. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing that she could do here. Let me sell it, Chantal. Let me sell it. Let me sell it. 
Um, but I want to sort of go back just a second. Um, so when I was talking with Michelle about this episode, one thing that she pointed out to me that I thought was really interesting was that Corey is probably the worst ally to have in the game because mm. all his allies actually get taken out. He mentions it that, Every season. oh my God, like all my people are gone this season. And last season, you remember he went through, was it eight people? It was definitely seven, but it might've been eight partners before he had a partner to, or seven, and then he had a partner to run the final with. So he's not a good person to align yourself with. So I was like, poor, poor Bettina. Like she's still rooting for him and she's, he's still giving her advice. And I'm like, just stay away from Corey. You're not going to be able to win this game if you stick with him. So I thought that was kind of funny just to point out. Um, with Emmy, the whole, with Emmy versus Bettina, I definitely feel as just like what you're saying that Bettina at least was trying to do something to choose her fate, to try to be able to steer her own destiny, her own ship here. Right? While Emmy, while she thinks that she's making her own decisions, she literally did what was a combination of CT and Team Emerald what they wanted to do. So. I totally agree with that. I just don't know if it's brilliant gameplay because it's like, <laughs> what else are you going to do? Just like wait to be thrown down there and get taken out by Emmy, which is what ended up that's happening. Fair point. But, um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. <laughs> oh, man, I had a point. I can't remember but, it. This was is it what around the brilliant, was Corey, it around the brilliant strategy oh. of... <laughs> I have to give props to a player that I don't normally give props to. I have to say that I kind of somewhat liked Tori in this episode oh. just because me. <laughs> she was so nice to Bettina both yeah. before and after the vote. I know she was a part of the Emerald Six that were pushing Emmy to be the house vote, but I thought she handled the Bettina situation and the conversations really nicely. It didn't seem like Bettina was going to go up to a lot of the other women or anybody else on the Emerald team to kind of like Maybe the doors didn't feel like it was open for her to have that open conversation, but Tori at least had that open door concept with her, mm -hmm. and she was felt safe talking to Tori to kind of be like, "Here, hear me out. Try to like see what the Emerald uh, other team members have to say." And Tori listened. I think she was like really going to try to go at bat for, her, but once everything like fell through, and like she said, I think in the aftermath or something, she's like, "If I'm only one person, I." It doesn't really matter. So, I mean, I think everybody on the Emerald team was so nervous about Amanda possibly infiltrating or somebody breaking up their six. Oh, my gosh. Nobody infiltrate the six. They're all too good. Mm. Um, They're not. So to, so, to me, I think I think I have to say that I have to give props to Tori that she was actually what I feel is likable because she was actually listening out for Bettina yeah. along with Corey. And I think that those were, like, the only two people that were – they're listening to her or for her that she felt like she could actually talk to and be like her 100% true self. So I really give props to both of them for being there for a rookie when it's just so much easier to just shut down everybody, go away and just not even give them a second glance once you know that they're going to be gone or they're going to be thrown into an elimination or something. Yeah, 100%. And I think Amanda here, you know, in the episode, and again, I might get shot down for saying this. She was playing 40 chess. The rest of them was playing checkers <laughs> and she was playing chess. You know what I mean? And, well, she's um, wearing a green bucket hat. That's her 4D yeah, well, chess. Hey, listen, it's all about getting into people's minds. It's about planting that seed and letting them think, hey, you know, um, I, I could see uh, Drew came in here as well as a champion today wearing his um, emerald colors. But, you know, at the end I'll of the day, it's teams. all about. 
<laughs> yeah, you're using you're using Kyle's philosophy. You know, you need to dress like a champion if you want to be a champion. But um, what I was going to say on this one is that you know Amanda very very smartly here plays Emmy and Bettina against each other, even in the club scene. She finds out a little bit of information that Bettina potentially um, may or may not choose to go against um, Emmy if she goes down to the list. So obviously Amanda knows. That means she's in danger now here on two fronts, you know, basically. And she's going to have to cover her bases. And she asks uh, Bettina straight out who you're going to put down there. And Bettina does lie. She tries to pull a fast one on Amanda, but Amanda sees through it and says, no, I'm definitely in danger. And she gets Emmy and Bettina to further go against each other. Plus, she puts the threat out there that she would move. If she's being thrown down there by Bettina, if she's outright being thrown down there, um, she's going to the Emerald team. So it's in your best interest to put someone down there that you can manipulate that won't put me down there because if I win, I'm coming back and I'm jumping into your team. Um, Amanda has impressed me this season um, when it comes to her political game and her strategy side of things because she has not been playing this game in recent times. You know, So um, I think that it is something that should be admired when you've had a couple of seasons off, you've become a mother, your your mindset of what you're doing in your everyday life. I mean, she's gone through some crap in the last year because of what's happened, which we won't name on here. Um, but, you know, she's been in a different mind space, but she's had to turn back into challenge game mode. And she's done that very effectively, effectively here this season. And let's not forget the other missing link here is that Amanda and Ashley has got a good relationship with Josh, who's a part of that team and who has got a very vocal voice within that team through Casey and Emmanuel. Um, I think that, and probably even Devin in this case. So Tori was always going to be outvoted, but again, there's a lot of, she did a lot more right than what she did wrong here. And the edit definitely wanted for us to give her the credit um, this episode as well for the way that she played. So that's why I said there was a lot more interesting things happening outside of the actual lair or outside of the actual challenges um, this episode. So we all know Amanda's kind of scrappy. You know what I mean? Like she she thinks that way. She likes pitting people against each other. She likes starting fires and stepping back and like, you know, seeing what the destruction that she's left in her past. And so this is definitely was her style. I was like, yes, Amanda, pit those two rookies against each other and stay out of the way and definitely threaten Emerald that you're going to come on to their team. Um, I thought it was hilarious. And it just reminded me of when she was partnered up with Zach and she was like, would not back down to actually got them thrown into whatever that elimination was. And they went home because she didn't want to uh, throw in her friend. I can't remember all the, the actual situation properly, but it's like, she's willing to, to do that. And so that's what we love about Amanda, or what I love about her anyways, is that if she decides that she wants something a certain way, she's not going to back down. And she got her way this, this episode completely, 100%. Yeah. Um, Drew, Kelly here says, I love when Kyle wears green. It's cute and funny. But when Amanda does it, it's a threat. Um, and I think it comes down to this, the personality types. Like, I don't think people take... Uh, Kyle too seriously uh, at most times because they never know when he is actually serious when he isn't. But um, I think it was Maybe great gameplay overall. Was mad because uh, he yeah. wore the green and it was a threat that he was going to go to the Emerald team and then he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very possible. I also wanted to go back to a question that Sam sort of put out here earlier, saying rookie of the year options is between Corey, 
Emmy, Michelle, Emmanuel, Huey, and Bertha. Um, I know that Emmy sort of called herself the Rookie of the Year because she was sold on the idea that if she would win here, that she would be the Rookie of the Year by Josh. I heard his voice in the deliberation saying, hey, you'll be the Rookie of the Year or something like that. Um, and that's gotten into her head. But um, I was thinking to myself, yes, we do still have Emmanuel and also Logan, who even Sam forgot about here, um, still out there who could still become the Rookie of the Year. So it might be a bit premature for her to say she is the Rookie of the Year, even though she has been impressive at this point, winning three of these um, Lair eliminations. Well, on the aftermath, like Nani and Devin and, and Josh are just like, oh my God, Emmy's the best, Emmy's the best, Emmy's the best. And so I don't know if this is the end of her showing, like this this episode. Like I can imagine she maybe she takes out a couple other people to really to lock that in for them to still be talking about mm. her in that way. So I would say that she's rookie of the year for the fact that she is the, probably the youngest cast member. She's racist. Come on. She's young. She's like, she's really has no idea what's going on in the game, but she has, you know, befriended uncle CT, who is the perfect person to have that really wants you to stay in the game and run this final with her, with, um, with him and how it's looking like to me, from how the teams are set up now, if they end up staying and running in these teams, that Sapphire looks pretty good at, for a win, which could mean that Emmy's going to win this game or be one of the winners. So I do feel like she's on an upward tra trajectory still. And so with that, I think I don't think that anybody can come and meet her there um, unless they you know, beat three people down there at least and then win the game. So I think she's doing the best. I know I just gave her a compliment, but Tori, I remember saying, quote, rookie of all time. Multiple times she said rookie <laughs> of all time. Let's just forget that Amber B won last season in a rookie season. Let's forget about Turbo winning in his rookie season. Let's just forget all that. And we're going to just everybody kisses up to uh, Emmy in that aftermath show. I'm so happy Darrell was there to like be the <laughs> voice of reason. Like, please, my gosh, just everybody. Just like, down oh. after though. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing is, Turbo won, Turbo won outright in an individual season. So that's never going to mm. be, you know, replicated to that degree. Even with the Amber win, she had CT handing her out a championship like Oprah. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> Emmy is hoping for that same sort of scenario here where she gets uh, to latch on to CT because we know that if Emmy had to run this um, finale on her own, she's got weaknesses. It's just she's been lucky enough to be thrown in into these eliminations um, when it was sort of playing into her strengths as well. So uh, that's something that we do need to take into consideration. I also want to point out here that Emmy completely ignored CT's advice prior to going in there compared to, like she actually listened to Emmanuel and the Emerald team above CT. CT actually gave her, I thought, really sound advice before she went down there and said, what you want to do is keep Bettina in the game because that would mean you're not going to get thrown in outright again because there's another rookie still in the game. So your best bet is to go after one of the veteran girls. And um, he, at CT is interesting because he kind of, I think he likes having Ashley in his team, but he put Ashley's name out there with Amanda's name out there as people that she could throw in there or Big T, um, one of those three girls, rather than going up against Bettina. And I think that Emmy missed an opportunity here. And it's one of the reasons why, listen, 
you know, there's certain, I don't have to like everything about, you know, Emmy. I don't have to be all in or none, none in. One of the things I don't like about her, um, and there's things that I do like, she does have a, uh, she's got the right stuff to go into these challenges. She's got a good heart for giving it everything and doing well in these challenges. And you want to get behind her because she's an underdog. But the one thing she doesn't have is a strategic mind for the game because, you know, if she did have that, she would have said to Bettina, listen, I'll do you a solid this week and I won't throw you in. I know you don't want to go up against me. You do me a solid. If you get thrown in next week, you don't throw me in. And we look after each other. We're the only rookie girls left in the game. And let's keep that on the down low. That, in my opinion, would have been the move here for her. But um, she didn't end up listening to that. I, I was so, I was like salivating over the thought of her making this move. Like, I was like, oh my God, this would be the move of the season. Like, I was very excited. And then when she's like, oh, I'm just going to go and I'm going to just call down Bettina. I was like, mm. oh man. But I think it's the power of numbers, right? So CT, he, he was saying the whole episode that he didn't want to push her too hard and manipulate her into doing something that she didn't want to do. So that was just kind of like a soft play. It's a little lob over to her to like, Maybe she'll pick that up. <laughs> exactly. Um, but she didn't. And then she had those six people being like, you got to do this. This is perfect. Da, da, da. Like you can go and you can be with CT. And like, so she was thinking that she was doing better by appeasing the Emerald team. And that's my opinion. Because if she didn't do what the Emerald team wanted her to do, whatever promises or agreements that they made, would they uphold that? Who knows? But I think she should have taken the shot for sure. Like, how amazing would that have been if she went against Amanda or Big T, either one of them? She probably would have won against both of them. Like, maybe yeah. it's more challenging against Amanda because she might have figured out, like, to deal with the momentum and, like, that's how you're going to make it move instead of stopping it. But we'll get there. Um, but, yeah, and then she would have still been on the team with, with um, CT. She would have been there with Bettina, which might not have been great unless she had switched spots with Bettina or something like that. But... I think that she would have had an opportunity to go a lot further and like carve out their team a little bit better. But in the end, I think that their team is super strong. So it worked out, I guess. I, I, I think it also comes down, you mentioned numbers. I think it also comes down to possibly losing a roster spot. Um, I think CTs, uh, we can all see that the numbers advantage is helping the Emerald team in these daily challenges very well. Uh, I wonder if there is a possibility that CT was thinking, okay, if we just swap out Bettina with Emmy, but we still have three women on our team, maybe we can like, maybe I can coerce someone like Tori or somebody to come onto my team. If something happens, maybe we could do that. And then that way we have what he would deem three strong women with him and Kyle, and they could have a very fi strong fivesome instead of now there are foursome and you can't, it doesn't seem like they're going to be adding players anytime soon to these teams. So right now you're at four and you can only go down from here or so we think, I don't know if they're going to have a reshuffling at some point, or they're going to try to evenly distribute and we're going to have another daily challenge like we did to get the teams that they're going to have then, mm of uh, four, four, four at 12. I don't know, but it, I think that was also kind of playing in his mind as well, that maybe, maybe if at some point I could get another roster spot here, cause now there's just a four. And if anybody's getting swapped out, it's you got 50, 50 shot, whether it's a guy's day or a women's day at this point. Yeah. Now 
we get Bettina going down there and facing off against Emmy, and it was a blowout. And um, like Chantal quite rightfully mentioned here, Emmy works out very quickly what the strategy is going to be out there, and she uses the momentum of the rocket as she's pulling it back and forward to knock down those targets. It was really impressive to see, uh, especially on the edit, how quickly it looked like she got the hang of it. Um, Bettina... Uh, keeps fighting against the momentum and just doesn't get anything going. Um, and to be honest, she had a very defeatist attitude even before she hit um, the lair and, and tried to compete there. So for me, um, like I think Bettina is probably a really nice person in real life and that, but I don't know if she's made for this show. Um, I think it's just one of those ones where um, if – TJ said it or didn't say it. He didn't say, you know, we hope to see you back or anything like that. Yeah. I, I think she's done. I don't think we see Bettina like, come fine. back. And we even <laughs> we even had the um, editors do the laugh as she walked off um, one last time as well. They snuck it in there, I think, I as, a, as a goodbye. I didn't notice that. Oh, my they God. They did. It was really I'm funny. <laughs> yeah, sad. so, so I, I think it's done. I think that's just like uh, she's walking off into the sunset. We're, we're not getting Bettina um, back on our screens at all. And I think Chantel kind of best sort of already explained that I think that um, Emmy could have gone against, in my opinion, Ashley, Amanda, Big T. I, I think she maybe, yeah, I mean, I could see how with the experience that Amanda has or Ashley, but Ashley just doesn't come across as being good at the brute strength type of challenges. So I feel like Emmy, um, she's got that fighter's mentality. You know, she's got a lot of heart when she gets sent down there. Um, the fact that she gets nervous, doesn't want to go home, to her it feels like it's life or death when she goes out there. And I think that's the difference. When you go out there with that mindset that me losing is me going to be, I'm literally dying. You know, it's very difficult to beat someone with that mindset in a physical um athletic type of confrontation when you go into the lair. So um, I think she would have won against most people. Uh, and this is very interesting because she does go to Uncle CT's team. Um, CT has mentioned throughout the whole um, episode that they have gone from being a very strong team to being a layup team um, to now being a strong team again. And even Josh acknowledges here at the end that maybe we've made a mistake. That team is looking pretty strong here. What do we think is going to happen moving forward now here with the teams that we have? And do we think that Emerald is going to win this um, fourth one in a row? That they've, they've been doing good strategically in the sense that they've kept their team together throughout this whole season or throughout since it's been the team sort of format um, that's taken place in the season. Do we think that um, they can continue on that streak? Well, I don't know if like it's because we had a few people leaving the game due to COVID and injury and maybe some sort of slander like that. The numbers are not right because mm. it really doesn't make sense to me. A, why they had that daily that was uneven, but B, why you couldn't like keep the teams full. Like I would have thought that like, like what, what Kyle thought, that like I can go to that, join that team, and make that team a six, and just start decimating the the Ruby team, and just like get rid of that entire team like that. And so the fact that even if you win, you still go to a weak team, you're not adding to that team. I think there's a there's something off that I don't not sure how to fix it exactly. And so I actually have no idea what they're gonna do because like are they gonna break everything up again and make everybody in pairs? Or make everything go in. No, it does. Like, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. I think that they're they're mess. They're they're in a mess. Sad. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us, I Drew. Mean, what are they gonna do? 
<sighs> this, th- first of all, this elimination was horrible. Uh, this, I think on the aftermath, uh, Nani said that Emmy took two swings at every target and knocked them down. It's plain to see that it took literally no time because everyone got a confessional. Some got twice the confessionals when this whole uh, elimination was happening. They would show the same shot, maybe different angles, and it would just be like Big T, Nelson, Corey. Or when they're just what like- was confusing. One one thing that was confusing was that Bettina at one point was like, I got this. I'm going to do well at this. And then they used a different, then like two seconds later, it was like, I'm tiring out. I don't yeah. have this. I'm losing it. And I was like, okay, so they clearly took a confessional from earlier on in the season talking about, oh, we got this. I got this. And then used it here to make it seem like, oh, I'm gassing up. I can handle this. And it was just like, <laughs> it was so confusing the way they, <laughs> it yeah. was like a sharp turn. It was like two swings. And it's like, all right, I'm tiring out. I, I can't why do did this. she turn um, her head to the left and just look at what Emmy was doing and be like, oh, that's why she's hitting the target. She's not stopping the momentum. Let me at least try yeah. it in, in a more effective way. Sorry. I, want to jump I don't think it was, I, again, I don't think it was that long enough for her to be like, oh, I'm going to switch it up. I think she was just panicking. And by the time Emmy got three down, it was like, okay, well, I'm pretty much, this is over. Like this and, is, And I don't think her heart was in it. I honestly just think she went in there, like Ashley sort of said when she went down to the left, she was already defeated by the time she walked down there. And like, you know, we again, we had the confessional saying, oh, I'm so ready. I'm so pumped for being down in the lair. That could have been when she went into the lair with Corey. We just don't know. Like, when did that confessional come from? Because she was, from what we saw, very defeated. She had a defeatist attitude before she went in there. And when you're going in against someone that, like I said, this is literally life or death for them. You're not going to beat someone if you're like wishy-washy. You've got to meet them at that level of commitment. And um, in some ways, I feel like, you know, sometimes when you're down there and you're getting beaten convincingly, you're just trying to pretend like you're still in the motions and doing something, but you're just really hoping for it to be over as soon as possible. And so you can get out of there. And I felt like, you know, that's kind of why CT, uh, or CT uh, TJ wasn't even that impressed by the end of it. And he was just like, you know, I want people here that's going to fight and, you weren't a fighter, you know? And like I said, this has nothing to do with Patina, the person outside of the show. I'm sure she's a, a great girl and she comes across as a nice person. But in the challenge, I personally am very low on that. We don't need that attitude. I want to see fighters come back season after season um, to to go down there and really try and stay in the game. So for me, I was a bit, a bit low on that. But um, I did ask the question here in the um, chat as well in the beginning of the live stream. Will Emerald win their fourth challenge in a row? And I can let you guys know that 55% of um, our live audience here has said yes, they will win a fourth time in a row. And 45% have said no. Yeah. So first of all, I wanted to bring up, it it was disappointing because Everybody was talking mad trash about Bettina when I feel like she was the main component of her and Corey winning their original Mm -hmm. elimination together. So I just felt like everybody was just like, oh, well, she's I feel like Bettina could be like Nani where she does great in a partnership or a team dynamic. But when it comes down to one on one, maybe she just doesn't cut it as high as some of the other competitors that she could go up against Um, to talk about what's going to happen in the future. We saw in the previews like Amanda's going to like throw the daily challenge for Ruby. So, yeah. I mean, you don't even need to try to throw the challenge for Ruby to lose at this point. So, I mean, so she's going <laughs> to lose it. Try. Corey's going to get pissed because it's, a, because it's a guy's day. Corey's going to get pissed yeah. and he's going to be in the line of fire. And I do think that Amanda may sacrifice 
that daily or try to throw it because I think Sapphire could lose and she's worried about whatever and she wants to she just wants to sacrifice because Emerald is up. She just doesn't want uh, she wants to have a little bit of buffer for them. So I think that could be a, a lead into Emerald winning again. But the way that Josh was like quivering at the end being like, oh, Sapphire looks so good makes me feel yeah, like yeah. if they don't win next week, they're going to win the next the following week. Or something's going to happen. They're only four players, so I wonder what mm. could happen. What episode are we on? 12? 13? 12? 12. We're on 12, 12. right now. Yeah. 12. It's going to be interesting. Um, uh, let's have a quick look here at our current players yeah, on the table here. So finally, <laughs> finally, we get yes. Drew losing someone. I think that's only the second person, maybe, or the third person you've lost this whole season. Um, so you've been yeah. doing really well. But... Um, you know, we get Bettina off the table here. You mentioned here that uh, some of the people that are in danger going here into next week, um, potentially Corey, because he's in that Ruby team with Ashley, uh, sorry, Ashley, Amanda now. And Amanda is seen to say, I will play for the other team every single time. Um, and my predictions is that Amanda probably doesn't have that loyalty towards Emerald and that she's throwing it to, to Sapphire, to Blue, to Ashley and CT in this scenario. So I've got a feeling that the episode is setting us up here for a Sapphire win next week where CT has been saying, we finally got a strong team. Joss is acknowledging there's a strong team. Sapphire now for quite a few times in a row have said, hey, as soon as we lose this dynamic, the reason we're this good is because of the players we've got in this team currently. If someone leaves that might change. So I feel like that could be foreshadowing to what we could see coming in the future because if Sapphire did win it, um, I think people like CT and Ashley are going to stay loyal to the vets to a big degree. And I could very easily see um, someone like Logan being thrown into the lair there at this point because he has been injured. They're aware of it. Um, there's less loyalty from CT and Kyle with Logan. Um, I can very easily see that move being made, but I think that Logan, um, my predictions is, is that he takes a big stab okay. here at Emerald in the next episode. Okay. I, I could see him go up against a, you know, I don't, I don't know okay. if he'll necessarily go against a, a Josh. I'm trying to remember who Josh, Josh and, and, and Devin has got that relationship with Logan. With so Logan. Logan would probably go against Emmanuel, I would imagine, if he wanted to get into the Emerald team. But I feel like um, he has like a little bit of like the, the survivor thing. international survivor or or even that but i, I feel like he wouldn't go yeah. against emerald actually because he's only been talking about how he doesn't particularly like nelson and then kind of Corey adjacent he doesn't particularly like either so mm. i don't know i would think that he would go against nelson i think that's a decent matchup um and but he's friends he's friends with josh and Devin, and even when anisa was leaving he was saying like don't worry i got those two guys they're gonna True. take care of me so I just don't see him going up against one of them because even if he's thinking like longevity, like future seasons, like it's not a good idea to burn that bridge in case you ever want to come back. So I think he's smarter than that. I think he's going to go through his target. It's been Nelson for most of the game. Um, I think that he would, he would take him personally. I could be wrong. I, I want to just talk about what I'm the most frustrated with and that is, we talked about Amanda making this big move, wearing a green shirt and being threatening and stuff. But I'm more frustrated with 
why she was talking mad trash about Bettina, how she's a layup. She would win against her in elimination, but at the very inkling of going into an elimination against her, she freaks out. She causes all this chaos to all of a sudden get moved to Ruby to where then she's like, I'm glad to be still in this game, but now I'm just going to just throw every challenge that I'm in. It's like, cool. That's what I want to see. I want to see a player that wants to not go into an elimination and then throw challenges on at least a guy's day. I don't know what she's going to do on a women's day if she's going to want to throw challenges as well, but that's not the kind of game I want to see from a player as well. Like, okay, so you want to just go to the Ruby team. You never want to go into an elimination, so you're never going to get back on the Sapphire or Ruby or Emerald team uh, to, to be in competition or whatever. So, what was the main purpose here? Is just to, what, what was what, what was what, so it's I'm just her I'm time. Frust- she wants yeah, to stay in the game that, as long get, as possible. Get that extra uh, digit on that paycheck for that per diem, and then uh, hopefully maybe I can slide my way to a final. But if not, eh, at least I was here for a couple more weeks. So well, I'm mm. fun. I have fun, happy, excited about that. Can't wait. I understand your frustration. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I think this kind of segues really nicely into um, what, because I feel like the, and again, I could be wrong um, in assuming that Logan or Emmanuel are going to be the automatic votes to to go in if there's an opportunity. I've got a feeling Logan is in danger um, here in the next episode. But let's forward on to the female elimination the week after that, I guess, and have a, a brief discussion about that. If I'm in a team with Amanda and she throws this challenge, and she doesn't give me any safety as a man. What's the incentive for me as one of the guys that are still in that team with her the following week to not throw the challenge and get her to go in? I feel like there's a good chance that we'll just see Ruby continue to lose in that case. And they might just say, listen, we're not going to, you're not willing to fight for us. We're not going to be willing to fight for you. And this makes it extra bad because Amanda and, um, Nelson and Corey, they've got a, a pretty good friendship outside of this game as well. So um, I feel like there's going to be some hurt feelings here after this season um, with her not really protecting those two guys. Um, and probably a lot of this has come from the fact that both Corey and Nelson have been very brutal when it came to Amanda's friendship with Ashley. And, you know, Amanda's probably not all that happy with them in any case. But, you know, going into the next female elimination, I think that you know, CT was right in trying to protect Emmy and say, hey, you should try and keep another rookie in there. I think Emmy of the Sapphire team doesn't win, will be in danger again in the future, and she will go down again. And it will be interesting to see if she can continue to win to really become that rookie of the year because she's just taking down one person after the other here going into the final stages of the game. So for me, when I'm looking at this for the females, I would have to say um, I feel like Emmy is in danger. Who do you guys think of Emmy isn't in danger? Um, who would be the other person here that, you know, would be in the most danger? I would almost have to go back and say from a vet Big perspective, T. Big T. So you do still have two people there, but Big T, Drew, she's kind of um, surpassed our expectations here this season because we've been saying throughout the whole season, even early on, she didn't really have many people who wanted to play with her, but somehow she still finds herself in this game this late. Yeah, I find it interesting because in the aftermath, Devin was uh, boiling a pot of tea and was letting everybody know that there was a seafoam green or whatever they were calling it, turquoise uh, alliance. And they were wanting to keep Big T and Amanda on separate teams that weren't Emerald as quote-unquote anchors for the Mm -hmm. team. And so now they're on both on the Ruby team. So I don't know. They're running out of players to throw in that they would want to get out. But if they are wanting to use Big T and Amanda as quote-unquote anchors, uh, that would be the wrong 
people to throw into the elimination to possibly be sent home if they're trying to use it, use them as anchors. I think it's interesting with Kyle's decision of wanting to go with Sapphire because he's like, I want to be on CT's team. I want to be a champion. CT will make me a champion. I can learn from a champion. Um, this is what I realized with the mindset of keeping CT in this game. It's the players that are going to want to join his team to to try to get that final and Kyle and Josh or uh, Devin and Josh aren't scared of CT as long as he has a quote unquote anchor on the team. They're not looking to get him out of the game. They just want to nerf him a little bit going mm. into a final with either Big T or Amanda on his team, which to me he is like carry them. he would literally carry them and run with them and still beat them. I think, you know, anyway. <laughs> it's such a gamble. It's such a gamble. So to yeah. me, I feel like that's just so already. I feel like we already knew that CT was going to make it into a finals. But I, when Kyle was like, I just want to run with CT and then hearing Devin on the aftermath, I was like, oh, so that was the plan. That's the plan now that all the big guys are gone. They're not even going to try to take a shot at CT. They're just going to try to keep them on the Emerald, uh, Sapphire team and then just throw anchors on them and be like please i hope that's enough and us emerald six can stick together it's like okay well let's just see how that plan goes all right good luck yeah <laughs> i think it work. comes from a, a place of fear because none of these guys want to go up against ct um down in the leg uh, we've mentioned this before you you want to throw ct in early and often not late when it comes to mm-hmm. um getting closer and closer to the finale because your chances of getting him out is less and less the further he gets in the game. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. Chantal, you you did have CT as your number one guy pick. I think you can feel pretty pretty comfortable at the moment with having him there in your team. Uh, one of and the other things I wanted to mention. pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's, I think um, I looked at my team and I had all four my top picks still in the game. Drew had all four of his top picks still in the game. I don't know if you, if that, if the people that are in your team, let's have a quick look again at that. If that was your first four no. picks, you might, you might remember. I don't fully remember, but I don't think I had Kyle as my second guy pick. I'm sure I went yeah. like somebody else that was forgotten about. Maybe Messy Fessy. I might have had Messy Fessy. Fessy up yeah, there. I think it was Fessy. Yeah. I think it was Fessy. Mm-hmm. And then potentially you would have had another girl before Nani before Kyle um, yeah, as well. Liberna, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And it's just, it's just crazy how it's worked out that out of my team, three of them are Emerald. It's like I kind of alluded to earlier in the podcast. <laughs> so I should be all go team Emerald. I want to get this done, but <laughs> I'm not feeling it guys. I'm yeah. not feeling it. Like I, I'm not, it's not the most likable team for me personally. And um, I'm kind of, yeah, you know, over the whole gloating and just like, oh, we're the best and no one can beat us. Like, I just don't want to see it, you know. So I'm I'm all team Sapphire at this point. Like, I want CT to to win another one with a few people. Like, that's where I'm I'm all in for that. Um I don't think Kyle remains in CT's team until the end. That's my call. I think Kyle is gonna get taken out. That's a bit that's a big call, I know, but that's what I think is gonna happen. I think that that team, we're gonna end up with CT. We're going to Who end would up take with. Him out, uh, though? It wouldn't be Devin. It wouldn't be Josh, I don't think. So it would be Emmanuel. Maybe Nelson. Nelson could go up Nelson. against them. Nelson, oh, yes, Nelson wants to be back in the Sapphire team. He's pretty, pretty. Like, it's kind of like, I can't remember who said it, but, you know, if you want to be in that team, go down there and get it, you know? Um, but the, I'm hoping at this stage, I'm hoping we're episode 12. We could lose three more people here in a row, and we would then have, hopefully, a team that 
is kind of like four four four. That would be a perfect for me sort of split to have a finale with three teams of four or get a reconfiguration of three teams of four and then go into a finale. It would be an interesting finale to watch for a change because we've had so many that have felt so similar in recent years that it would have a different dynamic having to work in larger teams here going into into this final stage but i think we've mentioned this before it could very easily still be like a free agent style um, pairing up with different duos or something like that we just don't know and that's the danger that everybody's running because they're like okay we're going to keep ct in the game we're going to try and give them anchors but what if he ends up completely getting rid of those anchors in the finale <laughs> the and running it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah. Is there anything guys that we missed talking about this episode? I do know that there was this funny scene with Big T floating on the, um, you know, trolling. On, on, on the water and nearly going, going over the edge there. It looked really dangerous. And then Tori, um, who's Drew's new favorite, came there to come and save, be the lifesaver <laughs> and saved uh, Big T because before she went over the edge. <laughs> Never again uh, am I going to give her a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to add on to when we were talking about Amanda um, being on the routine, potentially throwing uh, challenges. I'm wondering if it's because it looks like it's a, a, a heavy swimming challenge where you have to like dive down and untie seems like rope knots or whatnot. And we both, we all know that Corey and Nelson aren't strong swimmers. And so I'm wondering if she's like, oh my God, I don't want to go and try my hardest and try to win this for our team when I just don't think that it's possible. I don't think I have enough help there. So maybe, hmm. can we like maybe say that that might be the reason why she's saying that she's going to throw it? No. Okay. But I just wanted to throw that no. in there as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely not. Or well, is, she, is she potentially, you know, would the challenge be in such a way where they can help other teams? Like we've seen sometimes in in challenges where you can sort of assist another team in getting something. Um, and she ends up helping Sapphire rather than Emerald because she'd rather have them win this one than Emerald win again or something like that. It'd be interesting. I'm looking forward to that in the next episode. The, the one thing for me this season um, that has been frustrating is we've always said, ah, oh, the next episode this is where it's going to get good this is where we're <laughs> going to see these people turn on each other but the format of this season has really allowed for them to just ride this veteran wave all the way to the end i mean i've even gotten tired of devon being smug in the party scenes about what are these rookies doing they don't even know what they're on about you know and i'm like guys this 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 format you know it's just played in your hands so well it's you know after a while it's not a fair fight anymore you don't want to see these veterans just beat up on these poor rookies the whole time and just hammer it in you want to see and, and and that's one thing if we could give any advice and you know the producers don't listen to the this podcast but let's say one of them thought oh let's listen to this little random podcast in reality pop you know if they could hear one thing it's like give us stronger personalities give us better competitors and the rookies so that we can have a better season where people have a bit of a backbone instead of just bending to these veterans you know um i, I want to see that i want to see some rookies really come in and shake it up like emmy has been good this season but like i said she's manipulated by the veterans she's not strong and doing her own thing out mm. there so um it makes it not less impressive but a bit more boring to watch yeah and to your point uh, uh when devin says oh well what are these rookies doing they have no idea what they're doing it's like 
yeah, that's why Wes always wants to make a rookie army because he can mm. manipulate them. He can get them to do like, oh, I'll take you under my wing and you'll never backstab me, but I'll backstab you at some point and I'll want to run the finals with you because most likely I can beat you because I've been there before. But everybody on the vet side was so worried about the numbers game from the very beginning that it just completely was like, let's just all band together until we get to a certain point where we have to go up against each other. And let's see when who likes the vet alliance and vet truce at that point when they had all these rookies that were willing to work with everybody uh, and you could have had your own uh, rookie army going on for you and you could have been the army of it, uh, the general of it. Sammy says that Devin says in the preview, take responsibility to someone. We don't know who it is. So he's asking, what does that mean? And Dolores says, sounds like someone might have messed up in the competition next week. So um, again, that kind of, I like hearing that because that kind of goes into my theory that Sapphire is the team that Amanda is trying to throw this next challenge to. And that Sapphire hopefully is the team that wins here because I would like to see Emerald in danger for a change. Like most of those players in Emerald have been, so well ingrained within the onion alliance they've been in the center of everything that they've never felt any danger this season you know like josh has never felt any danger casey has never felt any danger emmanuel because she he's been with casey has not really felt that devon has been pretty solid you know tori mm -hmm. i felt like there's never been an option for her to go out, down there so um this this whole group has been frustrating to watch because they've just when you're that safe it's yeah, it's just not entertaining. Like, I want to see people... And, and I know that they try to mix it up a couple of seasons with a skull twist. Everybody has to go down there so that we don't get this type of, type of thing. But there's got to be better ways to do it than even the skull twist because the skull twist just... People worked around it and they worked it out and there were still, you know, times where they were safe and they could choose when they go down. That's why, you know, I think we should bring back what Chantel loves and it is... I was just about to say it. Last <laughs> goes down there. So there's you actual something at stake. Yeah, there's something at stake for you to do while in the dailies. Like, yeah, yeah. definitely that. So, like, if you are performing poorly, you're going in and money on the line for them. People will play to win, even if it's not on like, a, a girl's day or a guy's day. They'll still want to go in. And then I was also thinking that letting them know what how the format of the final will be, I think, would also allow some gameplay to play. We were kind of talking before about, like, how can we fix this? It's like, it'd be like you're going to be playing in teams of four. You don't know how you're going to get there, but that's what's going to be happening by the end of this game. And there's going to be uh, four winners um, at the end of the season. People will be like, oh, okay, I have a bigger shot. I can maybe, like, figure out how I can get there, whatever. I just think that knowing if you have a shot at some money, kind of like what you're saying that Natalie and Michelle were talking about. It's like, I think when people would play a little bit harder, if they're like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to beat like one person and be the sole mm. uh, you know, winner of the, the challenge this season. So like, I might not try that hard, but knowing that I have a piece of the pie, hmm, and I'm going to be running in fourth, hmm, let me try a little harder. Let me try to figure out how I can get myself into that final um, run. Yeah, I have I have two things real quick. Um, I like I want to say that I really would like to see the kill card be brought back because I loved the way that they put so much emphasis on the dailies because they had a group that if you were that bad, it wasn't just like, mm. oh, you're the last one. So you're just playing not to be last, but you're also playing to get first to get the power to vote somebody in. But also you're not you're playing to not be as bad as like half the group because you're going to be yeah. in the 
uh, in the kill card to get possibly into an elimination. I know people are going to point out Johnny Riley or Devin Simone didn't go into elimination, but they were always in the draw. They were always in the line of fire. It was just their their luck that they didn't get the kill card flipped. Uh, to that commoner's comment about, oh, I think somebody messes up in the competition next week. It's like, okay, does isn't that a red flag that, that could be possibly three daily challenges where somebody messes up for not understanding or knowing the rules. It happened to Kyle in the wipeout challenge. It happened this week with Logan throwing the bag over the line and Corey being upset by it. And then somebody messing up again. Maybe this is getting too complicated. Maybe nobody has mm. the, the attention span or they're not getting the full list of rules or something, because if we're going to keep on getting mess ups that alter possibly the outcomes of these daily challenges over and over and over again, there's something wrong. And yeah. if it's not the same person messing up, there's something wrong. So I'm going to be very, I'm going to, I'm going to flip a table. If there's going to be another mess up. <laughs> if, if, if Emerald uh, wins on another technicality, uh, it would definitely be very annoying. Um, we've got Sam here asking between Casey and Tori, who wins, let's do a quick round here. Uh, I'll start with you, Drew. Um, are you going to stick with Tori this round, or do you think Casey <laughs> would win? I guess it depends on what they're doing down there, right? Yeah. What is it, is the it, hall brawl? Yeah, if it's a hall brawl, I would think Casey. I'd put Casey. I mean, I know Tori has the experience in a hall brawl situation, but Casey also has done football, and I think she has more of that that training, that that skill set. Um, if it's something like this week's, I think mm. it could still be Casey, but I think Tori has a better shot at getting it down and getting the pattern down. I think if it's like, I don't know, a shot in the dark like this one, I think I think it could go 50-50. But I think if it's purely physical, I would give it slightly to Casey. But it would be I would love to see that happen this season, please. Mm. They're yeah. both very similar. They're, I felt like like they're both very strong, um, athletic women. Uh, so there would be certain instances where it could go either way. But I do think Casey, I do think Casey's got the like. I I, I personally feel Tori is as past her prime. It doesn't mean that she can't come back. But I feel like when she was, you know, I don't know how good a relationship was with Jordan and what happened there. But he trained her a lot. Like when she was living with him, like they trained all the time. And I felt like she was just at a, at a different level of fitness back then. I mean, that season that she beat Jenny West in a hall brawl, that was impressive. And I didn't see it coming. Um, and she was at her peak back then. I don't know if she's there right now. So I would have to say in most cases, probably Casey, but I don't know between Casey and Tori who would do well at um, math and puzzles and things. I feel like Casey's pretty decent at puzzle, but she's not good at math so much. So it's a bit of a toss up if it comes down to that, right? Go either way. Yeah, they're both kind of, they're definitely both bad at math. I Maybe Casey's okay at puzzles, but I don't, I don't actually don't know for sure. Um, yeah. I'm just kind of I seem to remember Casey doing decent at puzzles and stuff like that and Big Brother and, and things like oh, that. I remember, no, she only I really won the stuff where she was catching things. She won yeah, like could be. catching ball challenges. So yeah, Tori Tori won the Tanagram in Dirty Thirty. Mm. She didn't win it, but she she was able to Solver. do one to get into the finals. So mm. that's also placed in, in War of the Worlds two. On a, didn't even seem like that was a hard puzzle, but she didn't she yeah. couldn't get it. I feel yeah. like Casey would have got that puzzle. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give a slight. You know higher for for casey just because she seems a little bit more well-rounded than tori 
By the way, how crazy is it that in War of the Worlds 2, like Jordan was <laughs> waiting for her, like to finish that, and he was like willing to throw his spot away for her to win a final, finally, you know, if she could get it. And then last minute when he saw that it wasn't going to happen, he had to go for the win. It's just crazy to me, you know, how you get these challenged relationships and couples, like, don't throw anything away to anyone else just go oh, and do it you never know it. what the future you don't know what's going to happen in the future you know like that to me is just crazy how he was willing to do that for her back in that season anyways we're digressing and going into different seasons it's been great <laughs> talking to you guys about this episode of the challenge um for everybody that's been here in the live once again thank you so much for being active and asking a lot of great questions and um engaging with us we do love to have you guys here um we will be back next week at 8 p.m eastern standard time to talk about episode 13 of the challenge insiders for those that joined late and may not have heard this we're also going to be doing um, a draft that's going to be pre-recorded next week so it will drop just before uh the all-star so we're going to do a fantasy draft there um it is going to be a little bit different that format drew is working out he's the brains um for the operation he's working out a bit of an algorithm on how we're going to be scoring um for that specific season and and, and I. we'll e. have Google a point Sheet. system google yeah. sheets yes we'll have a, a good point system in place so it's it's not going to be winner takes all um which i think will be a little bit more fair uh so we're looking forward to that and doing that for you guys and and sort of releasing that just prior to the all-star seasons coming up and then when we do the recaps on the all-star seasons uh we're going to do them together with our recap for the current challenge season so we'll be trying to split our time 50 50 as best we can to talk about both episodes in one um and that's pretty much it. Chantal, what do you have coming up on Reality Realness? Still pretty easy peasy. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm actually like just watching reality TV. So I'm watching like, you know, Bachelor in Paradise Canada, watching Winter House, watching Vanderpump, watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So like that's I'm just watching. So if anybody ever wants to do like a, a watch party, let me know and maybe I'll set that up. Um, but other than that, what I'm covering recap-wise is the challenge after the episode on Wednesday, Thursday doing Survivor, and Wednesday during the day at some point I'm doing the Bachelorette recap. And then you're here with you guys on Friday. Have you, um, Chantelle, have you watched the Insiders on Netflix, a new reality TV show that just released, I think, um, maybe a week or so oh, ago? Someone was telling me about this. Spanish. Tell me more about it. I have not seen it yet. It's a Spanish show for those who are still listening and really into reality shows. I've just watched the first episode of it. It is a reality show where it's almost like Big Brother like where they're taking a bunch of people, going to put them in a house and they're telling them that they're going through the final face faces of the audition process to get into the house. But the show has already started. So they've actually got hidden cameras everywhere. People don't know that it's that it's taking place. So you get to hear people strategize before they actually go onto the show and um, talk about things that they probably wouldn't necessarily want to get onto the actual show and things like that. So I've only watched one episode. It can go either way still for me, but I, I was thinking I'll give it a, a shot, watch a little bit more to see how it's going. So I'll report back to you, Chantal, to let you know if it's worth worth a watch. Um, I'm, I'm it, sure it does I'll have... watch the whole season before you do that. <laughs> probably, probably, yeah. They do have English dub, but if you're Spanish, there's the Spanish okay, version okay. of it. Um, so yeah, so that, mm. that seems quite interesting. And uh you know, there's this. I think there's a lot of things coming out at the moment on on TV. It's just it's good to watch it as a fan, opposed to always having to analyze and talk about yeah. it. So so that's that's fun as well. Um, I've definitely enjoyed watching Survivor through 
season 41 through that lens as well opposed to actually podcasting it's been it's been refreshing i think it's a good season to skip and not talk about there's so much well, controversy. It's like what are they doing why are they doing this jeff stop talking to us like, please let us enjoy the show please yeah no <laughs> illumination what oh my god <laughs> don't even get me started about how <laughs> i was about that like like you don't just make it a two-hour episode i we don't need to watch tough as nails like it's fine please yes. just give us a two-hour episode let this be complete because there's no cliffhanger here there's no mm. like we know she's gonna hit the damn thing you come if you the producer of the show is gonna come to the island and present you with this offer and tell you to think about it overnight like you know that the, the the producer wants you to use this twist. His so words to her was, "You can smash this urn or smash this um time glass and become a legend in the show, or you can choose to do nothing." That was his exact words. You can choose right? to become a legend or do nothing. <laughs> right? Like, what's the choice? You can't do anything about it. So there's zero cliffhanger whatsoever, and it's like, what are we waiting for? We're waiting to see what happens now with the aftermath. Like with like how they're going to vote people out but it's not even it's not even compelling like let's just if i was her i would just say it was a tough decision but i did rock paper scissors and i ended up (laughs) hitting it (laughs) i I think when paper rock scissors as danny says paper rock i'll I'll give it to uh her for not like smashing it in the middle of just sentence like when when like when he turned around to get the hammer she just took a rock and smashed it before he could even stop speaking like i'm all right let's go let's do this maybe they had another one though maybe she did do that the first time around listen guys if you're listening up to this point i love talking about survivor we could always talk about that and if you want us to do we're definitely not going to do um a full recap of every episode but if you wanted to us to do an overview of survivor season 41 for one episode comment please down below in the video and say, yes, we'd love for you guys to do just, you want this crew, the challenge insiders to do um, a review of survivor season 41. Cause I think we all would have some hot takes um, there. If you guys are interested in that, let us know. And we might be able to make that happen. Um, Drew what's happening on your channel. What's coming up over the next week and what if already dropped. Um, so I'm going to be doing uh, my review and recaps a- on Thursdays and then also Fridays are Tiny Table Talks, of course. Um, I'm doing a Challenge All-Stars 3 uh, rumors, who's in, who's out, updates, and my own reactions because I wanted to wait until the dust was settled. Once that cast was leaked, everybody was like flooding in and I was like, we got to see if people drop and people did drop and people were added in. So I'm so glad I didn't just like hop in on the first like first minute of uh that dropping um so i have that coming out this week i also have a few other videos in the works that are coming out i got i got big videos coming out in november uh uh, and then i also have a big announcement that i'm gonna be doing uh pretty soon not this week but hopefully next week i'll be able to be uh announcing something very soon that i'm very excited about and then also challenge all-stars so adding that to my repertoire that's gonna be fun uh i'm gonna be taking breaks when i need to <laughs> because yeah, there's gonna be a time. lot to do uh coming up mm-hmm. so um yeah i'm just gonna enjoy the time i'm gonna go see antlers and last night in soho this weekend so i'm <laughs> excited for that um Wearing a that costume? has nothing to do with my channel uh no i cannot wear a costume <laughs> i'll be going as the guy that's going to see a movie <laughs> that i'm very excited <laughs> about but um yeah i just got a lot of fun stuff that i'm excited for um so yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to publishing all this content and seeing how people receive it and i'm excited and uh and i want to say thank you to everyone who comments uh specifically that they say that they're stop watching the season but will still keep watching my videos i really appreciate that because i need 
I need that money. <laughs> I need that. Thank you. <laughs> you <gotta> play the <laughs> Please. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. the sport. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. I feel like it's um it's been an interesting year for reality TV because there has been so many people that have been you know, it's been 50-50. Like some people loved Big Brother this year in the US. Some people hated it. Some people loved the new Survivors. Some people hate it. Some people, it's like you can't satisfy everyone when it comes to these reality mm. shows at the moment. And we just have such a polarized um, view about things out in the world at the moment. I don't want to get too political here, but you know, it's either you're all in or you're not in type of thing. And that has sort of shifted to reality TV at this point as well. So um, it is great that you've got some loyal fans there that would you know continue to watch this even if they're not happy with the tra trajectory of the season, you know, so, so that is great. And um, we, we're very thankful for, for everyone that keeps watching us here as well. Um, we want to put out more and more of this content. So if you like it, please hit subscribe, um, please comment, please share and let other people know about this as well. Um, that's probably the best way for more people to start watching this podcast as well. And on reality pop, we do have the weekly uh, survivor buffs that talk about survivor uh, season 41. They do their recap. So that already dropped this week. Um, I know they've had some trouble with getting a specific time locked in because of Adam's busy schedule um, over the last couple of weeks, uh, doing some uh, production work again on a Netflix show, which is really exciting for him. But that has sort of meant that he's had to move some things around sometimes, uh, but they are trying to get into that consistent schedule. And then for us, we'll be consistently back at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on each Friday to talk about the challenge. And it feels like we're going to be talking about the challenge forever now with this many yeah. seasons <laughs> dropping at the moment. Back Never to back. ending challenge. The challenge is to watch it all. We'll, yeah. we'll do 500 episodes in, in the next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have to. I'll have to go back and see how many Challenge Insider episodes we have done up until this point, so that we can actually start <laughs> taking a note of it and make sure that I don't delete it again. You know, I didn't delete last week's one. I, which I is good. actually looked because I'm like, I don't know how he did this. I don't, and I went and I looked and I couldn't find it. So I'm like, I guess he did. I don't know yeah. how he did it. Honestly, <laughs> I don't. I don't know either, but it happened. <laughs> It'll be um, like Paramount Plus where there's one episode just missing randomly. And you're like, well, I wonder why that left. Mm. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say, you, sure. you were talking about Chantal. And, and just before we finish here, I know we've been dragging this out. But um, Vanderpump you know, you spoke about the the, the watch alongs that we've had that, that you know, mm. that if you want to do watch alongs. I recently got a VR, the Oculus Quest 2, which is you, know, you put it on, you go into this virtual stuff and you get watch along survivor and i don't know if the challenge is there but you can go and watch along with like a bunch of people survivor virtually when the episodes air on there and you sit in the same room watching it on a big screen like you're in a cinema so there's some stuff out there that i didn't even know of a whole different world of how you can watch along and talk to people from around the world while you're watching an episode so there's some cool stuff i need out. to hear more about that so you can't just like oh the last <laughs> like something really cool and bye <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so 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 that. so it's called awesome. it's called um the app is called Big Screen. You get it on um your virtual reality, uh whatever VR set you've got. And then when you go onto big screen, they've got automatic channels that they share on there. Um Survivor is one of those that you can watch on it. Um, but you can also there's a way for you to share your own computer screen as well. So if you're so and, and again, I don't know how legal this is, so I'm not endorsing anything here but um you can actually watch the show through paramount plus like the challenge and you could have watch along parties where people have the vr set on and they're watching it in a big screen theater with yourself and a bunch of people 
at the same time and you could talk about what's happening on the episode as it's cool. happening sitting next to people in a, in a in a chair and you can see the people next to you and stuff like that so i'm very much a, a newbie when it comes to this like i've literally only had this vr for two weeks but mm -hmm. it's just a whole different world i'm telling you vr is the future I'm interested in like with that whole announcement from Facebook with that whole meta thing that's happening. I, I don't, I didn't understand what it meant, but it seems cool. So mm. I'm just going to get on board now so that I don't have to adapt later. <laughs> yeah. Get the Oculus. Well, I don't know what, what the cost is over there in Canada, but I, I got it for a, a really good price. Um, the Oculus Quest 2 is the um, software that I have. And it, it links, Oculus is actually owned by Facebook as well. So it links to your Facebook <laughs> directly as well. So um so yeah, so definitely we'll we'll talk Ideas. more about this off air. I'm hoping that some people find this interesting. <laughs> they're still listening to the <laughs> podcast, but if you didn't, hey, you just um, stayed with us for an extra 15 minutes here, listening to us talk about things that we normally do off air. In any case, but sometimes we do have some interesting conversations. So I do want to thank you guys, and we thank you for being here, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>